I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD Like, what do they have us at? 22? Vegas? Vegas said 22 wins? <laughs> hey, they can keep underestimating us. No, I mean, everybody thought it. Everybody in the world. Nobody thought the Knicks would have 30 wins with, with 15 games left in the season in April. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's crazy. It is totally unpredictable. And Vegas said 22 wins. So that must be right. <laughs> 22 wins. And the Knicks are now at 30 wins. 30 and 27. Amazing victory last night at um, in Dallas. Um, but we are going to try to get through this episode quickly tonight, guys. I Because as I'm recording, it's 1 in the morning on a Sunday, technically. Um, I just, just came home. I was at my buddy's watching the Ben Asker and Jake Paul fight. Unfortunately, unfortunately it ended the way it did. Um... And like so, so in just a few hours, or I'm sure as you're listening to this, the Knicks are on again. So there's not going to be many hours um, until this podcast is kind of old news because you know by the time this is released, and again, obviously as you're listening to this, it is already already published. Voice crack. Fucking by the time this is published, you know the game's going to be on or it's just about to fucking start. So. I fucking hope that you stick with it and watch it for shits and gigs because we're we're still going to talk about how good they've been playing. Um, they're they're they just ran off five in a row. Hopefully it's six as we take on the Pelicans again. But yeah, they they destroyed the Pelicans. Well, they didn't destroy them, but they handled the Pelicans. They handled the Dallas Mavs, and now we are at a five game win streak. But Vegas said twenty two wins, guys. Huh. Um, before we get Knicks. Before we get talking Knicks, yeah, I was at my buddy's tonight watching the Askren-Paul fight. Oh, man, it sucked because I don't think any, I, I don't know a single person in the world. I, I didn't, and I still don't know anybody who's celebrating fucking um, Jake Paul right now. I, I don't think anybody wanted this guy to win. He was the favorite. You know, people, people didn't want him to win, but I think a lot of people knew he had a good, he had a good shot. Listen, he, he's fought Nate Robinson and two other randoms who, who ha aren't boxers. And then he comes and fights. So his last two fights are Nate Robinson, former NBA player, well well in retirement. And now he's going to fight Ben Askren, you know, former Olympian, former wrestler, MMA guy, Bellator. But he's, you know, mid-30s. He's retired for a bit. And, you know, he... He basically Askren came into this one with nothing to lose. Um, he's get what he got six hundred k or something from this. I'm sure Paul got a whole lot, but it was unfortunate because I really wanted Askren to handle this 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 Gen Z punk. Um, sound like an old man, um, but yeah, that, that shit lasted what sixty seconds before he knocked him and. You know, they called the fight. Askren didn't 
looked like he was ready to get back up. Um, but it sucked because I really, really wanted him to take it. I, and now I think Paul's 4-0. But, like, can we get a real boxer for this kid next? Before I, everybody's jumping on him, that's good. You know, it, it's impressive. You beat a former Olympian. That's cool. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's looked good so far. But it's only fair if you're going to call yourself a professional boxer to fight professional boxers. So I'm hoping at one point that he can fight a professional boxer. Um, they were talking about some name tonight at the, tele at the end of the telecast. I don't know who that is. I, I don't even know the name. It was. It may have been Joe something, but I don't know if he's a boxer. Uh, but, it, you know, I'm not, again, not taking credit away. Um, but, you know, it is tough to, to have to sit through Ben Askren. I want to watch the presser. I, I want to see the press conference now. Um, I'm going to have to tune into that soon, but... Yeah, that shit sucked. Um, he fucking punched him. He got him. You got to Askren didn't look in great shape. Now, I am fairly new to the fighting world, to MMA. You know, I don't know Askren too much. You know, I just started looking into him a bunch when I heard those these two were gonna fight. But he looked, you know, looking at him at the weigh-ins yesterday, he didn't look in great shape. Now, some people have told me he's always been. In that kind of shape, but I don't know if it it, it was that bad because he didn't. He, he looked a little big, a little chubby, and, and and I was concerned that will he be able to last eight rounds? But I mean, he wasn't even able to last sixty seconds. He got punched, um, and you know I heard he's had a, he's got a tough chin. This is a guy who could take a lot of hits, but it's a different story when you're. I guess when you're. This guy's not a boxer. It's just, it was his first time boxing. You know, he figured, why the hell not? Let's just do it. I have nothing to lose. And he lost. And I'm sure now they're just going to be celebrating in baths of money, both of them. And they're probably at the after party or whatever. But, yeah, it was unfortunate to see him lose. Um, the whole build-up to that was so dreadful. Like, I, I, I left to go to my buddies around 9.30... 10 o'clock. I thought that was going to be like when the main card started and pretty, I don't know why, because they always drag these things on and that we eventually get to fucking uh, Askren Paul. But that shit dragged and it was so, like I had to sit through that junk, like the biggest money grab for, for viewership in the world, just to show how desperate boxing has become just with these over the top excessive gimmicky things going on. You had fucking you know, Ric Flair cracked up. You had you know, all this shit. Justin Bieber performing. You had Pete Davidson, who I don't know what the fuck he's doing with the hair. You had the, the, the fucking TikTok bitch, uh, D'Amelio's. Yeah, you had Oscar De La Hoya coked up on the on the mic. Snoop Dogg, I don't know, looking like an eighty year old woman. I mean, it was just weird shit. I don't know what. Doja Cat. I don't even know the like. I, I I'm 25, turning 26 in a couple days. I, I don't. I can't stand the, how this like pop culture shit has become the thing. Like people like this shit. People t obviously they did it for views. People tune into this shit, and I'm watching. I'm sitting here like, oh Jesus. Like that's why I'm fortunate that like MMA. When I watch UFC, you wait a couple minutes between fights, but there's no bullshit going on. Even the big cards, like you just. 
it, it's it's straight to the fights, straight to the fights. Next one, next one. I can never if if they started doing that shit in between with all this just milk and everything and oh, Jesus, it was so rough to sit through. And the fights weren't even that good leading up to it, but unfortunately that happened. Paul gets the victory. Good for him, you know. Um, and uh, you know, asking again, I don't think he really. Can. I mean, I was watching him walk out of the out of the arena, and he looked, you know. He was smiling. The guy was smiling, laughing, talking to his wife or whatever. Um, the real fucking uh, event coming up is obviously next weekend. Masvidal and Usman 2.0. This time, obviously, on a full camp. No more excuses. Um, I'm a big Jorge guy. He's a bit of a sellout, but I'm a big Jorge guy. I like watching him fight. As a fighter, he's fun. He you know, was the one that need Askren. Um, for that infamous, you know, fastest knockout ever. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Hopefully, Masvidal can bounce back. I don't know if you will. He's probably not going to be the favorite. But it is to, it is tough. It's always difficult in any sport, any event, to defeat the same opponent twice in a row. That's never easy. I think I want to say, like analytics say, that usually the second time around, it ends up being the split more times than not. At least that's how it works in like the sports that I watch, like baseball and basketball. But that's going to be fun to watch at least. Hopefully there's no, um, what do you call it? I lost my train of thought, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I just want that to be a good fight. I hope it lasts more than one minute because that was rough to sit through. And Ben didn't, you know, Ben may have gotten a hook. Like well, he landed one or two. To start the thing, but I mean, I just had that bad feeling too. Jake had him in the reach. He, he he's got a longer reach. He's bigger, and just again looking at Askren, he's just didn't look like in great shape. Really didn't. But hey, it happens. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was it. I was I was just waiting for this. I was I never really get into boxing and. I know this is all money grab. Like I said, the Tyson thing was a joke with, with um, Evander. But, like, I, I just... I, I The only reason I was tuning into this is because I wanted to see this punk get his ass beat. And he ended up taking care of uh, Askren. So, good for him. Props to him. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I was doing today is just waiting for that fight. And, um, fortunately, I, I was going to put some something down on, on Ben... But I had the bad feeling that it was going to end the way it did. And I only ended up putting like seven bucks to win an additional ten. So <laughs> I just had whatever whatever was left in my FanDuel. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That that happened. So that was unfortunate as hell. Um, I was on Instagram earlier. And I was seeing these really cool... What do they call it? Like when you post something and you have multiple slides, it's called something, but I forget. But I was, there's this really cool one. Uh, this, this account called Hoops Plug. Uh, you can follow him at hoops.plug. Posted something called Crazy But True. And there, was, there were these really cool stats that I took note of um, on the NBA. Crazy But True 
like fun facts. Um, so I'm going to go over them real quick. Um, some really cool shit. Uh, first, I want to head to break. Let's get to break first, guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. If you're new to the podcast, we do episodes on the Knicks after every two games, and we do episodes on the Yankees after every series. Um, we are on you know, all your major podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can watch us on YouTube and many more platforms. Now, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and if you want to follow the blog that I write, I recap every Yankees and Knicks game. Um, you can do that too. All that information, the podcast, the blog, and my social media, you can find all that just by going to my link tree. So if you go to my link tree, which is linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone, you can get all that info. So let's head to break. We'll play the plug one more time. And uh, when we get back, we're going to discuss some more hoops. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. Fuck Ben Askren for that, man. Why the fuck did he have to lose that shit? God, I'm tired of fucking uh, this fake fucking... So I'm just tired of fake celebrities. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. Dude, you don't belong on the... Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I'm just triggered. But seriously, I have a point. Like, fight a real boxer next. Uh, fuck you, kid. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck. I don't care. Um, again, UFC is far and away better than the, the dead sport that boxing, boxing has become. So I'm very hyped for this Masvidal Uzman fight coming up. Um, an actual, actual event. Um, but these crazy but true stats or uh, facts I was reading on Instagram, I really want to go over some of them because they're so cool. Uh, so again, if you want to follow this kid, hoops.plug, hoops plug on Instagram. Um, really cool shit. One of them I saw, a player could come into the league, and I hope these are I hope these aren't fake. I haven't uh, fact checked or anything. Um, although I know Instagram does th that fact check bullshit, but I'm not sure. Apparently it's only it's like only for fucking political shit, of course. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if the that some because some of these are like so crazy. It's like is that really true? But the first one I read, a player could come into the league, average thirty points per game for the next fifteen seasons while playing every single game, eighty-two games a season, and still be just third all time in scoring when he's done. So I'll say that again. A player could come into the league, average 30 points for 82 games a season, 
and do that for the next 15 seasons and still place third in all-time scoring. That, to me, just, it speaks on Kareem and who's second, Jordan. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. You could average 30 points every single game for 50. Are, are you kidding me? And still not be first or fucking second? It's late at night, guys. I haven't drank water in a while. My voice is getting... I lose my voice late at night. And plus, I was just yelling. Watching Ben Askren. Um, but fuck, that's fucking crazy. And then I saw Jason Kidd. Another pretty crazy one. Jason Kidd, second... He you know, He's second all-time in assists. He could have played five more seasons, averaging nine assists. And still be 25 short of Stockton. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, pretty fun fact. I saw that. Uh, I was like the third or fourth slide on that post. The Celtics. The year before they went out and got Ray Allen. They acquired a player named Allen Ray. I thought that was awesome. Uh, pretty pretty funny. Um, another one on Kareem. When he was with UCLA. The team went 88-2. and two. Over the three years he played for them. So that's pretty awesome. 88 and 2 is ridiculous. That's not funny. Over three seasons with Kareem, 88 and 2. And that's why he's one of the greatest players ever. Um, Last one here, which I've, I really found cool. I want to look this one up because I don't, I feel like it's just bullshit, but it, it might be true. The term dime comes from announcers saying player A dialed player B back when payphones were 10 cents. So that's what they would usually say when somebody assisted someone. They would say, oh, player, player A dialed player B. And they called it a dime because payphones back then were 10 cents. So those were some really some pretty cool shit that I was reading. I found that on Instagram, and Instagram's obviously not the most reliable source, but I fucking found that pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I scroll on Instagram and I see all this shit. Today I saw something which was really fucking funny. Nothing to do with basketball or sports, but I used to watch Gordon Ramsay in like the Hell's Kitchen and all that. But there's something I really I, I found hilarious. I, I put it on my story. I shared it. If you want to follow my Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Um, there was a there's a video it's and captioned was Gordon Ramsay with a fire in the kitchen around kids versus Gordon Ramsay with a fire in the kitchen around adults and it was the funniest shit you could imagine it was everything you'd imagine right just ripping the adults and with the kids you know everything's gonna be all right it, it was a pretty funny uh pretty fucking funny clip. Um, but that's what I do in my spare time when I have no, when I have no assignments to work on for class and when I'm not taking notes on the podcast and uh, I have this free time, I'll, I'll watch fucking brain damaging videos that <laughs> are unproductive to my day. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to get to the Knicks. I want to get to the Knicks. And again, as you're listening to this, it's probably the episode's probably outdated because the Knicks are probably in the middle of playing the Pelicans. Um, but who cares? Um, the last time the Knicks played the Pelicans, 
couple nights ago. They took the 116 to 106 victory. Julius Randle going for 32, 8, and 5. 5 for 8 3 point shooting. Alec Burks, 21 points, 7 rebounds, goes 4 for 7 from the arc, as does Reggie Bullock to score 16 points. Um, Taj Gibson was great. He had eight, uh, 8 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. Um, in Noel's absence, he stepped up. And it was nice to see him, you know, put the ball on the floor a few times and and dime and dial other players, which, you know, it, it's just nice because unlike Noel, Mitch, and, and even Norvell Pell, who love, you know, or limited to rim running, Taj has a little bit of, of ability to put the ball on the floor. Not a lot, but, you know, it, it brings you a different dynamic. Um, but I thought the Knicks did a really nice job in this New Orleans game containing Zion. You know, other than a few moments, maybe during that second quarter where he kind of got it going a bit in transition and from the low post. Um, and he still finished 25, 8, and 7. But they, they did well on him. They, they contained him. They didn't let him go off on them. Um, they schemed him pretty well. You know, they backed off on his three-point shots. They went under the screens on him. Despite those low-angle pick-and-rolls, which Randall was talking about after the game, they were able to figure out a way to go under on him. And they put a ton of bodies around him and, and kind of built a wall so he didn't really have much space to operate with. Um, Ingram about 28 points, but it took him 9 of 22 shooting to do so. So the Knicks did a pretty good job containing their top two players considering Alonzo Ball was out. And um, again, Redick isn't there anymore either. Um, he's actually with the Mavs, who just played. Uh, the Pelicans, they shot pretty poorly from three-point distance, you know, and they allowed the Knicks to go off from three. They were kind of forcing the Knicks out to the line early, and the Knicks killed it. Um, but despite being outscored 20 points in the paint, the Knicks, they were able to exploit the arc all night, given New Orleans' weak three-point defense, and they hit 17 triples, which I think um, is tied for their season high this year, or their second season high this year. Um so Pelicans go 21% on the arc versus the Knicks 52%. That's a huge difference right there. Um, sorry. You know, in the first uh, first quarter, early on, you had Julius Randle cooking, right? He was taking advantage of of the mismatch he had by bringing Steven Adams to the perimeter. I don't know why they put Adams on him. Randle, Randle just kept... I mean, Randall was toasting him off the off the bounce uh, for three. He started three for three from downtown, and Derrick Rose had 11 points. Great game as well for him. Uh, he propelled the Knicks going into that fourth quarter. He dimed up Reggie Bullock with a few minutes left, and then he proceeded to score a series of baskets himself heading into the fourth. Uh, Alec Burks taken over in that fourth quarter to get his 21. Um, Mid-range shots, creating off the dribble, three-point looks. I loved how he looked. He, you know, big bucket Burks once again. That's why I call him Triple B. Um, I liked how Tibbs had Julius playing with some different lineups in this game. Um, he was mixing and matching a bit with Julius out there, but I think it, most of it was because he was trying to match Julius um, with Zion in their minutes, trying to get him out there at the same time as, as Zion was. Whoops. Um, so, still, I liked seeing him, you know, kind of get creative with the lineups a little bit. Um, we, we didn't see much Obi, um, the small ball five. At, we still didn't really see the small ball Obi out there at the five. But I think at this point, we have to kind of give up on those hopes where we see a four five with Obi and Randall um, or, or even just Obi out there. Because 
I think Tibbs just wants... He constantly wants a rim-protecting five out there. He wants a Noel, and if Noel's not going to be out there, he wants Taj. And if, Tawa, uh, if Taj is not out there, he wants uh, Pell. You know, he wants somebody who... That's that's what the Knicks do. They protect the rim. That's been their MO defensively. Um, you know, preventing those, those guards from penetrating down the middle and finishing on us all the time, like they used to in the past. This time, again, we're, we're excellent. Uh, defending the pick and roll and we're excellent at defending the basket so I think Tibbs doesn't want really a liability down there um, he's thinking again he's not really gonna his lineups are gonna be exercising defense right so I don't think you're gonna see Obi mixing and matching in there at small ball five he's gonna do whatever is best defensively first and foremost he's not an offensive minded coach we know this so that's gonna have to do uh, but overall, the rotations were good. I was fine with the closing lineup being what it was. You know, this time just because RJ was struggling. RJ didn't have a good night. So what Tibbs did is he went with Burks. And Burks definitely earned those minutes. He was, again, triple B. Uh, the defense picked it up late. It was kind of up and down for the first three quarters. But the Knicks definitely picked it up in the fourth. They forced the Pelicans to the perimeter in that fourth quarter where they went 0 for 8. Zion got cold 1 for 4. I think Ingram was 2 for 7, 2 for 8. Um, in the fourth quarter, and they held the Pels to 17 points in the period. Well, Burks, Burks had 14 himself in that quarter. So, a short graphic near the end of the game too, where Burks and IQ are top four, two Knicks in the top four for highest percentage of points in the fourth quarter this year. So, they've been clutch, and uh, so that was good. So it was a good win against the Pelicans. Um, it was their fourth in a row, the first time all season at the time where they won four straight. Um, I thought they had one earlier in the year, but I looked back and no, they never did. They got three and that was, you know, I think they were 0 for 6 up to that point. They were 0 for 6 trying to get a four game win streak. So it was good to do that. And it was good to do the fifth one too. They ran five in a row after defeating the snake, getting revenge on Tingus Pingus, a 117-109 victory over the Dallas Let's bitch and moan about everything Mavericks um, on national television. You watching Lonzo Ball? Um, yeah, good revenge there on Tingus, um, the snake. And it was good to see the Knicks maintain momentum, get five in a row. For the first time since 2014, the Cole Aldridge days at center, we had five in a row. Um, we did wonderful. We, we were really good, again, containing their top guns. We did a nice job containing Tingis, a uh, nice job containing Luka Doncic, <clears throat> and a nice job limiting Brunson to half his average. Um, Luka had 22 points and 19 assists, but just 16 attempts from the floor, and he was 43%. So he didn't kill us there, and we really just keyed in on him and forced him to distribute most of the night. That was good. Pingus, you know, overpriced Luke Cornette. You know, Walmart, Landry, Shamit at seven feet. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Anything you want to call him. They did a nice job. He had 23 and 12, but he was 40% from the floor. These guys were missing a lot of shots. Brunson, six points and assist a rebound on 33%. So the Knicks were doing a really nice job keying in on their top guns. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 16, but it was Randall with the big night. It was Julius Randall. You know, he pours in 30 points on his former team, the Lakers. He pours in 30-plus points on his former team, the Pelicans, the very next game. 
And then he goes out there, coming back to his hometown, hometown in Dallas, playing against the dude who the Knicks traded to eventually get Julius for with that cap space. And he pours him 40 on them. 44 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 of 11 from 3-point distance. I think 16 for 29 from the field. Julius was in his bag. <laughs> I'm losing my fucking voice. <clears throat> Fuck. He was in his bag. Um, yeah, see? <clears throat> um, he was good. He was good. He was excellent. Uh, let me find my track here because I kind of lost place on my um <clears throat> on the software I'm using. Oh, uh, RJ Barrett was good too. Big bounce back for RJ. Um, after a couple of rough outings, he finally bounces back in this one. You know, he had that string of two games where he was in single digits and not shooting well. But here he goes out and scores 24 points. Gets you eight, uh, eight rebounds, and he shoots nine for 18 from the field. And he played 46 minutes, so he played basically the entire game. Um, but it was worth it. You know, the Knicks overall shooting 51% from the floor, 50% from three, 71% at the foul line. Um, so it was a good overall efficient offensive game with some solid defense down the stretch, too. Um, first quarter gets off to a hot start. Um, to the Knicks, and, and so the Mavs. It was some really good offense, a fast-paced game right out the gate. Uh, the game was not knotted at 19 about midway through the first quarter. You had Randall and Rose get the chunk of the Knicks' first number of baskets. Uh, Randall hit his first three triples again. He was 5 for 5 from the floor. Derrick Rose getting his first three field goals to fall. Uh, the Mavs slicing through the Knicks' perimeter defense and kicking out to open shooters. You know, Luka doing most of that, had four assists on the Mavs' first five triples, where they were five for seven. Um, but the Knicks eventually closed out the first on a 15-6 run, and they take the 35-25 advantage after one. Second quarter comes, Luka kept diamond out. You know, every time the Knicks collapsed on his drives, he'd kick it out, and he would just keep diamond that way. Had nine assists by the end of the half, but... Yeah, it was just some fantastic ball movement from uh, Rick Carlisle's squad there. The Knicks trying to keep up, but um, you know, Tim Hardaway then got hot. Uh, eventually, though, Julius rediscovered his stroke from the first quarter, and he finished the half with 21 points. So the Knicks go into the break 56-52 up. Uh, third quarter, very back and forth. Again, both teams were very active. Both teams scored 27 points in the period. Um, if one team scored a basket, the other would answer with either a basket or a trip to the foul line. You know, the Mavs were moving the ball a ton, and the Knicks were doing their best switching, um, trying to keep up. But it was a very competitive quarter. The fourth quarter is kind of where R.J. Barrett came through again and put the game away early. Usually it's those late quarter buckets he scores in the fourth, but he comes out the gate early with some relentless ass buckets. I mean, the and one, then he had another tough finish with the left hand. He ends up scoring 13 points in the fourth, uh, pushes the Nick lead to nine with about 842 remaining. Uh, the Mavs, you know, they got some good buckets. They pulled within five or six points uh, with a few minutes to go. But as always, once that happened, I think Julius hits a pair of free throws, but the big momentum changing fuck you alpha block 
returned from Nerlens Noel. Like I say, man, it's always one of those a game with Nerlens. You're always getting one of those fu body to body blocks in your fucking mouth with Nerlens Noel. And here it was again, a big momentum shifter to lead the Knicks in transition. Um, Nerlens bodying up Finney Smith, just right in front of him, whole body in front of him, swats his ass. Uh, and the Knicks go on to seal that game. You know, Randall hitting a few more buckets there down the stretch. RJ chiming in, and they win. Um, some big. It was it was a lot of like not a lot of guys had great nights. It was it was Randall. It was RJ. Um, I guess Derrick Rose some huge contribu some huge contributions. Um, on that you know on a night where the bench unit was pretty underwhelming again, it was Derrick Rose who kind of had the only standout night. Um. Among the second unit, he had 15 points, five assists versus zero turnovers, and he shot efficiently from the floor, which I liked. Seven of 13, one of two from the arc. Um, you know, doing the same awesome job as always. We talk about his abilities all the time. You know, applying pressure to the defenses with his speed, his ball handling, and his dribble penetration ability. You know, if you're a slower defending team, you're going to have issues with someone like D Rose on the drive in transition. And he was showing that once again last night. He's a, such a wonder, such a wonderful slasher, dude. It's so good to see him, especially now that he's got his legs back, he's got his conditioning back. You know, he, he struggled kind of recovering from COVID with the respiratory and everything, but understandably, but it's good that he's back and he looks fully healthy and he's energetic and he's, he was just so fearless at the rim. Yeah, we saw him go at KP. He went right at KP um, on a drive or two. It was, it was, it was a nice game for Rose. A very nice, very nice, solid performance. Um, Reggie Bullock had 11 points. Um, didn't shoot great. Four of 10, two of six. But it was really his great defense on Luca, for the most part. You know, he had a really good job on Luca. Um, had a couple of buckets. You know, and some nice production inside the arc too. He had the and one mid range in which he converted, and then he had a uh, he finished a cutting layup on the inside. Um, one possession too, so it was nice to see him do that. Uh, but it was his defense that I loved, doing a really solid job on Luca again, forcing him to facilitate. Uh, Noel. Fantastic defensively. Um, six points, ten rebounds, three blocks, and four for four at the stripe. So that was nice. Um, he continues to be so solid. And I think solid is the best freaking word for him. He's the perfect, perfect backup five. Now, some people are getting out of hand. They're saying, oh, this guy should be starting for some team. No, I, I think he's in the perfect role. You know, temporary starter. When somebody goes down, fill in, do a nice job for a stretch. That's his perfect niche, and that's what he's doing while Mitch is out. Him and Taj are sharing some minutes, and he's doing a really good job with that. Um, I can't believe I wanted this guy out of the rotation earlier in the season, man. <laughs> I did, um, but he, he's been great. He's he, Last night, he did a great job you know, balancing his defense by chasing KP um, near the perimeter and then rotating back to protect the rim. Did a really good job rotating. Um you know, he's never going to give you much on offense. He gets what's there, and whatever's available, he'll take. But that's fine, so long as he continues to own the interior defensively, man. Dominate that paint. Shot block. Defend pick and roll like he's been. <laughs> keep keep icing those screens. Great. Keep doing his thing, and I, I will take that defensively, man. Um, and again, this, that's what Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau loves those defensive bigs. 
Um, so I would I would consider bringing him back next year. He's on a cheap deal right now. I would consider bringing this guy back, and he's he's so val he's so invaluable for for this next team. But I can't believe I wanted this guy out of the rotation at the start of the season. I was saying him and Bullock, and now they've become really big parts to this team. So I guess that goes to show you why I'm just a fan from the couch, right? Um, but yeah, I thought I thought um, Noel was fantastic, and um, good. Who else? Taj. Didn't, well, Tosh didn't play much. He was more of a non-factor. You know, didn't have to do much. Um, but it was basically Noel that game. Uh, Randall, again, Randall was just unstoppable. He was a force. He's been a force all year. A three-level scoring machine. I'm so impressed, though, with his mid-range shot. But then you look at the three-point shooting, and he's well, he's, he's 41% or something like that. And he's hitting two, two a game. I mean, his shooting ability has just... He, he's such an efficient jump shooter now. And there's some tough shots off the, dri off the dribble. That's what I love. He can create. He's not just limited to the spot-up stretch four. He can create. He can play the point forward. Um, but he also got back to making those quicker decisions last night, which I thought was huge, right? That's where he gets in trouble with the turnovers. But last night, I thought his reads were great. He was reading the defense pretty well. And when he saw the double coming, he would rise to score or distribute. Um, so it was a big game for Randall, all across the boards, scoring, facilitating, and again, he had 10 rebounds. Um, RJ, again, he's such a second-half player, man. This guy, every time, even if he's quiet or if he struggles, he'll bounce back in the second half and act like that never happened, and that was what happened. You know, So it was nice to see him kind of fill in for Burks in that fourth quarter. You know, how, how Burks was the guy the other night in New Orleans, while RJ didn't have it. Well, Burke sat out in this one. He's going to be sitting out for a bit. Um, and RJ filled in and hit those clutch buckets. So it was kind of nice to see the the exchange there. Um, he torched J.J. Redick every time Redick was on him in the fourth. You know, Redick was tasked um, for RJ for a couple times. But he fucking, RJ took care of him. Um, tell you what, Luka Doncic is a, a, and am I saying his name right? Is it Doncic? Don't care. He's a bitch. He is a whiny little bitch. I mean, every friggin' play, this guy is whining about something to, to the officials. He's I used to love watching this, but now I, it's it's a chore. Every time he gets a whistle that goes against his way, or every time he doesn't get a whistle that he thinks he should have, he's, he's oh my God, it's, br it's brutal. And every NBA player does this, but dude, you're not even what? You, you can barely drink. Calm down. You just entered the league. I know you're playing lights out. You're a superstar already, but calm down, bro. With the whining. Oh, and the Knicks do it all the time. Everybody does it. It's just so frustrating to sit through as a fan. Stop. Play the game. Play the game. Gosh, he whines so much. And they suck up to him. What is this Luka Magic bullshit during the halftime fucking uh, break? ESPN fucking sucks. They will never, never give credit to the Knicks. They'll just continue to show highlights of Luka in a losing effort. Gosh. By the way, I didn't think Richard Jefferson, he took a lot of heat last night on Twitter. 
I didn't think he was that bad. I really didn't. Now, I know he's kind of infamous for you know criticizing and hating on the Knicks. I really didn't think he was bad. I actually thought he complimented them a couple of times. So, for somebody like myself who's not the biggest fan of him because of how he is with Knicks fans and the Knicks... I didn't think he was terrible last night. I actually thought he was pretty good to them. He, he was he was he was realistic. He was complimenting them. He was telling me or me telling the uh, he was saying how it was. He was saying what they needed to work on, what they were doing well. I didn't think he was that bad. I think sometimes Knicks fans just think everybody's out to get them, which I understand. But Richard Jefferson was fine. Um, it was just again the whole Luca Magic thing. At the break. Like, what the, What are we doing? Randall goes and scores 44 on the Mavericks, who, you know, obviously the Knicks like to, like to play. They want to beat them. For reasons we know. And that's not even, like, coveted? Beyond me. Um, that was pretty much it. I mean, IQ, Obi, uh, Frank, didn't play much. They're not much, not many minutes, not much production. Um... You know, IQ one for three in six minutes. I don't think he played in the second half. Uh, Frank did. You know, he came in early in the fourth. Um, played some smothering defense on THJ. Uh, hit a corner three. Drew a foul. Went one of two at the line. That was about it for Frank. Um, Obi had four rebounds in seven minutes. So that was good. He, you know, he looks playable. You know, these days. He looks playable. Like... He's not pathetically horrid to watch like he was most of the season. He looks like he has something working for him. Um, so I kind of wish Tom Thibodeau would give Randall some more downtime and Obi maybe get some 20-minute efforts out here. But I get it, man. I get it. I, I do get it. Listen, trying to say this like, trying to be as reasonable as I can. I understand it. Like, he's, Tibbs is very, he's strictly about the win, right? That's pretty much it. Like, he, he's, he, we are pushing for the playoffs. You know, are there moments where Randall, maybe Barrett, should get some more rest in blowouts? Where we're up by 20 points or something, or 15 points or something with like four or three minutes remaining? Yeah, those are moments where you need to play. You need to get them on the bench. But it's like every night somebody is crying about it. Like the Knicks would be here without those guys' heavy workload. Like I saw some idiot. Sometimes I read way too many comment sections. But I saw some buffoon in the comment section on, on a Facebook thread um, about the Knicks. And it made me chuckle. You know, he was basically saying, I'm paraphrasing, all these minutes, not developing players, all this just to make the playoffs? Like what? What? Just to make the... Guy, this team hasn't sniffed the playoffs since two-thirds... Two-thirds. 2013. They haven't made the playoffs since 2013, you moron. That is seven years. Seven years without making the postseason. And you're going to sit here and you're going to complain that we're playing Randall and RJ too many minutes in games that are close and tight? You know how long seven years ago was? That was the year where those bullshit terms twerk and selfie were created. That was the year where that fucking Rob Ford mayor was on crack. That was the year where the fucking that Hump Day commercial first aired. 
Duck Dynasty was a fucking thing. You're going to complain that we're playing big minutes to players who are in their mid to low 20s because you don't want to do it just to make the playoffs? Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out of your mind? And I know, I get it. Trust me, I get it. I complain about things like this nonstop, right? Should IQ get more minutes over Alfred Payton? Absolutely. Absolutely he should, right? Tom Thibodeau still leans on EP way too much, and we're about 80% the way through the season. I understand it. Last night, way too many EP minutes in the first three quarters. I get it. But if that's the biggest thing I have to complain about is is... IQ not exactly getting a ton of minutes and and Randall and RJ playing too much. I will take it. Because I mean let's not let's let's not act like everyone's development is going backwards here. I mean you had Mitchell Robinson, crucial part of your core. He was on his way to a career season in his first year as a starter before the injury. He was trending up. Julius Randle, going from a guy that everybody wanted to trade, nobody wanted anything to do with him, to the most improved player favorite. You had R.J. Barrett up in every major statistical category. I mean, if I were to tell you heading into the year that R.J. would be a near 40% three-baller, that Julius would be your favorite player, and that the Knicks would be a half a game out of fourth behind the Celtics... In April, you would call me fucking mad. So this is who he is. This is who Tom Thibodeau is. You have to learn to accept it. He wants to win. Okay, so the veteran part, uh, the veteran partisanship, the, the 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 questionable rotations, the minutes workload, all that, all those deficiencies that he has, you're gonna have to live with it. Okay, because what what makes me live with it? Why I'm dealing with it? It's because that's all coming with victories and not defeats, okay? The rotations, the, the veteran thing, the minutes with EP, yada, yada. We're winning games and doing that. We're not losing games and doing that. That's the difference. At least we are winning. We are winning, and how do you develop? By winning, okay? RJ Barrett's playing great. Julius is playing great. Mitch was playing fantastic. IQ looks like he's part of this core now. Should he get more minutes? Absolutely, I know that. But if that's one of the few things I have to complain about, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and whine about making the playoffs. Dude, we are making the playoffs for the first time since seven years ago. It's great. We could. I don't want to jump ahead. We could. We have a really good chance, bearing any collapse. But overall, man, I'm not going to complain about big minutes because I know that RJ is 20 years old. He'll be fine. Randall, yeah, he's a big dude. He's had to carry a lot of the work. I understand that. But without him getting big minutes this year, the Knicks are not where they are. So I'm not complaining there. I love this mentality. I love the whole next man up thing. It's still going strong. One man down, the next guy steps up. You know, so 30 Guys, we are at 30 wins. 30 wins was my goal heading into the year. I, I said... I wanted to see some certain guys develop, and I wanted to see this team try and win 30. Now, if we have 30 wins by the end of the year, that's a major disappointment, right? Just crazy, crazy how big the expectations have taken a jump, and that's huge. 
So, you know, it's good. We're in a good spot. The season looked like it was in the balance just a few weeks ago. Now the Knicks have a shot at being top four. So I'm not complaining anymore. I'm done. I'm done complaining about minutes. Um, you know, probably complain about IQ in the very next episode. <laughs> but no, I'm seriously, I'm not going to say that. If I complain, I'm never going to use the complaint to say just for the fucking playoffs. What? So, it's all good right now in NYK. Um, but, you know, pretty soon, uh, that dreaded West Coast trip is coming up. The good thing is the Knicks are finally taking care of some games outside of that, right? They, they're they on a five-in-a-row streak. Um, they've finally gotten hot beforehand to so, you know, maybe potentially soften the blow if we weren't to do so well on that West Coast trip. So it's good that we're taking care of the games outside of that trip before it comes up. So, yeah, I'm not complaining about winning. Uh, let's get to break. And when we get back from break, uh, we'll get right into the NYY NYK question of the day to wrap this thing up. All right. Uh, one second. It's frozen on me again. Alright. Be right. Why is this doing this? Tell you, man, I can't. I can't. I'm done with it. I'm done. Everything's just fucking slow. One second. I gotta make sure I'm... Stay, bear with me for one second. Alright, let's go. Alright guys, we'll be right back. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. So, last time out for episode 233. This is episode 234, by the way. But in episode 233, our NYY NYK question of the day was that Babe Ruth holds the American League record for most consecutive home runs in a se- in a season. I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Babe Ruth holds the American League record for most consecutive seasons leading the league in homers. Alright? So he holds the American League record for leading the league in homers in consecutive seasons. How many seasons in a row was that? That was the question. The answer, he did it six times in a row. He led the league in homers, the American League, six times in a row. That's crazy. 
But this episode, episode 234, our NYY, NYK question of the day. Let's get the uh, little play tune started here. For episode 234, NYY, NYK question of the day. Who was the Knicks' second round pick in the 2010 NBA draft? All right. So let me know the answer to that. Who was the Knicks' second-round pick in the 2010 NBA Draft? Message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you could comment the answer once I publish this podcast. Um, if you tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't, well, then I'm talking to myself, which is very likely. Um... But, um, yeah, I'm sorry that I got this episode out so late. It was a day late. So by the time this episode is out, it's probably old news since the Knicks are in the middle of a game. Um, but oh, well, you know, we move on and we're talking Yanks for 235. So if you're a Yankees fan too, be sure to stick around for that episode 235 on the Yankees. I will record that tonight, Sunday night, and it should be out by Monday morning. Um, but as I am recording right now, it is Sunday uh, about two in the morning on a Sunday. So we're going to end this episode right here. We're going to uh, edit it. We're going to publish it. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it by the time it's out. You know, again, I understand that it's 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 already uh, pretty much old news. But sorry about that. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 234 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We are on all the major podcast feeds. Um, again, I, I cover the Knicks. I cover the Yankees. Um, the Yankees, I cover every series in the podcast, and I recap every game in the blog. The Knicks, I also recap every game in the blog, but I cover every two games in the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to it right now on any one of our feeds. We're on all the major feeds, plus YouTube, if you want to watch the podcast instead of listen. Um, and again, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and follow the blog. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find all that information on my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And I think that is all we have. I'm going to go to bed as soon as I friggin' put this thing up i'm going to bed um hope you guys enjoyed the episode again thank you so much for sticking with me not a high quality up tonight kind of short you know i didn't have most of our notes but rushed it you know i got home late from the fight didn't have time been busy lately so that's all right as soon as like the the overlap is over with the baseball season and the basketball season that's fucking killing me right now i have so much bullshit as soon as that's over we're gonna have you know, we'll be fine. I'll be, I won't be rushing out recaps and, and episodes with less overview in them. You know, they'll be more specific as soon as these uh, two seasons stop overlapping. So, but I'm not, not to say I want the Knicks to end their seasons. I want them to fucking win any game they can in the playoffs, any series. I want them to fucking go all the way. Fuck it. Let's just ride. See where we end up. Play with that house money. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. All right. Ciao.
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.